Hi guys, uh, Mark here, dropping in real quick before the start of this episode, which is our last of the season. Oh my gosh, we made it, guys. And I want to let you know that we are hard at work on season two. That's right, we've got guests. So many great guests. So that you don't have to listen to Gabe and I just yakking each other's faces off for all eternity. What else have we got? We've got improved audio quality. That's right, I am transforming my basement into a, maybe not a professional level podcasting studio, but certainly something that is nothing to sneeze at. And if you do sneeze, we will be able to capture it in pristine audio fidelity. So that we'll be able to avoid a lot of the inconsistencies you've heard in this last season. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, this episode is sort of case in point. But still, stay tuned. We're taking a brief hiatus. We're going to go to work and we're going to come back and we're going to bring you some uh, some great episodes, some great conversations with some great people. So here, enjoy Season 1, Episode 5, our last episode of Faking It, Season 1. Hey, Mark. Hey, game. Uh, this episode's about you. I know, I'm so excited. Yeah, Mark's faking it too. Uh, faking it all the time, day in, day out, 24-7. Well, you've been faking this one for quite some time. <laughs> I guess so. I Wait, so. Gabe. Yeah. What is this and why are we here? Well, Mark, <laughs> this is Faking It. A show where we check our cultural blind spots, make up for past wrongs, and come to terms with the shameful lies we've told. And the lies are yours this week. Oh, I know. I've told so many lies, but you have some too. I may just be a better liar than you. Maybe. Have you been lying this whole time? It's you don't know any rem- of this stuff. Remains to be seen. Maybe I'm lying about having lied. God, that's so complicated. I know. I don't even know what becomes of our podcast then. I know. Let's do another one that's about that. Yeah. Really meta. There's already like a second podcast getting started up. We're going to lose listeners. We haven't even. Second sort of level of our analysis <laughs> of our lives. We haven't even, at this point that we're recording, have not even played this for anyone else. Well, sure, but presumably there's a listener. Right, sure. We're just going to assume. I always like speaking to the individual. So, yeah. listener. Yeah. Uh, stick with us. Yeah. Uh, we've got to work through some stuff. Yeah. This week, what are we talking about, Mark? We're talking about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Which you've managed to miss. 100% of the time. 28 <laughs> years. Yeah. I did it's it. Thanks. It's impressive. The show was on TV for six or seven seasons. Uh, this is the kind of research we should do. No, no, no. It's, it's better 2000 not 2000 to 2006. So, uh, or, sorry, 1990 to 1996. Uh, I think there's actually seven seasons. Uh, in any case, um, it's a lot of show, 148 episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, many, you know, ups and downs. Um, I'm going to spoil something. Um, his the character who plays his aunt changes in the in the in the show. Uh-huh. I mean, the woman playing her is yeah. different. I hate it when TV shows do that. Roseanne did that, and then they brought her back. And, and then... And then it destroyed everything. Bewitched did that with Darren. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's just... That's how long the show was on. Yeah. Although I think that happened actually rather quickly. But anyways, um, here's a show that... I can't say I've seen all 148 episodes. Sure. But I can say I've seen a lot. Uh-huh. 
Uh, it was on during a time where I was watching a lot of television because mm-hmm. I was in high school and was at home a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, or even younger, actually. But um, also was on for years after that. May still be on for all I know. It's probably on. I, I bet you anything it's still syndicated somewhere. None of us in the world watch syndicated television anymore, or relatively few of us anyway. Yeah. Um, but there was a time, many, many years, where I would just sit down and be like, what's on? And the Fresh Prince is often the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. And you could just dive in because you had. Sure, I had all the. I didn't need to know what season we were on. It was like, it's also, it's an episodic show. It's like, you're just there with the Fresh Prince and yeah. the family. And yeah. Getting into all kinds of crazy family squabbles. But then, like, presumably, like, if his aunt was a different person you may have to read maybe I would have recognized I don't even know that I would have known which I think there was one that was on for much longer Mm -hmm. but in any case I might have been like yeah I think that's the second one or you would have been able to tell from the style of clothes that he was wearing is very stylish Mm -hmm. meaning very dated style almost immediately of what he was wearing um Anyway, the show meant a lot to me. We're going to get to you in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, As always. Because it didn't mean much to you at all, it seems like. But we'll let you answer that. <laughs> um, being from Pennsylvania, um, the show did have a, a special, a little bit of a special resonance. I wasn't from Philly, but Will Smith was a big deal in our region. And, um, you know, he was, like, on his way to becoming a big star. And, like, throughout the course of the show... He got bigger and bigger, and then after that, he became a real star, as we all know. Massive. Yeah, massive star. Maybe, like, probably one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Which is surprising, because not every TV star that happens to, but he obviously... Had, he was already been a, a hit rapper, many hits, and continued to do that a little bit. Summertime, of course, is like an eternal jam. Well, come on. I mean, I mean, do you mean at the time, or do you mean like after? Because well, Big I, Willie style was fucking massive. Yeah, totally. I mean, and those songs were, were big, but I do think that Summertime is like the through line. Like, mm-hmm. the early stuff is a little bit juvenilia, and then like Big Willie style is a little bit dated at this point. It's a little embarrassing. But maybe not. I don't know. Welcome to Miami is certainly embarrassing. But um, Although, so. whenever I... I've had, I have to go to Miami every so often, and there's not a, every time I think of welcome, the core. Welcome, welcome to Miami, Bienvenido a Miami. Um, yeah. Sure. Um, it's a great tune. Um, and anyway, but my point is that summertime, what, every time summer rolled around after that song came out, it was really like something that you heard a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was to school in Philly, and so it was like, it was a real sort of perpetual thing. Um, in any case, you know, I don't think I'm particularly like, different from anyone else. I think I just watched a lot of Fresh Prince like everyone did. Mm-hmm. Um, it just really came at the right time for me in terms of like, like I didn't watch Family Matters. I watched um, a lot of Family Matters. It came a little bit later for me and I think I was a little bit older mm-hmm. whereas the Fresh Prince was like really hit when I was 13 so I was really like for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe those shows were for adults. I don't think the Family Matters was not Fresh Prince was maybe for like teenagers. No, 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 no. It's for the family. These are both family. They're both sure. for the same demographic. Right. For sure. Well, in any case, your particular specific demographic of you. Of one, my demographic of one. Did not reach you. Missed it. Let's talk about that. Well, look, I mean, I have Philly family as well. Yeah. I mean, my mother's side of the family's from Philly. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I, Philly stars were always kind of given precedence in my household. Did she watch the show? My mom? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. In fact, we didn't, like, as a family, watch... Well, we did watch sitcoms. 
Well, my main memory is that like whenever we would go back to Philly, especially when when I when I was growing up in New Jersey, when we went to go visit my grandparents in Philly, we would always watch the Cosby Show. Okay. Which we don't need to get into it, but certainly not. Yeah. Um, but at the time, it was like a big, and I know part of that was that like my grandparents felt like a certain amount of pride that Bill Cosby was from Philly and that he repped Philly so hard. That's right. Big Temple support. Anyway, we're not getting into. We're that. not getting into it, and that's not the point. The point is that as a kind of Philly centric. I mean, I don't know if the Pr- Fresh Prince of Bel Air was a Philly centric show. No, he leaves. I mean, <laughs> in the credit sequence, he leaves Philadelphia right behind. Yeah. However. Friends from Philly come uh, to visit him. There are, I was actually just sort of like very quickly scrolling through the episodes and there's one where the title is about Philadelphia from like the fifth season. Yeah. So like. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Does the word John appear at any point in the yeah, show? I don't remember. I doubt it. Uh-huh. I think that would have been too. A little deep. A little bit, a little deep. They <laughs> wanted to reach a really broad audience. Yeah. I do think that Jazzy Jeff shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I know that. It would be a real disservice if he didn't. Yeah, Jeff shows up on numerous occasions. He's yeah. kind of hilarious. He's mm-hmm. not a very good actor. Um, Why? He's supposed to be on the ones and twos. He doesn't have to act. My memory of this is a little foggy, I will admit. I mean, I'm I'm going to also watch a little bit of it just to re-familiarize myself just a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. But it's also something that I've never had to really worry about because it's like I've watched dozens of episodes. Yeah. So how do you think you missed it? I mean, I just missed it. Like, I just missed it. But it's a huge show. It's a real, especially for, like, like yeah. our age, our, our age range. Well, I'll say it is, it may have been, like, happenstance, because as I just said, I watched a lot of Family Matters, but the reason I watched a lot of Family member Matters is that when I came home from school every day, that was what was on, like, right when I got home from school. So I would turn on the TV, and I knew that I could, like, hang out with the Winslows for, like, it was usually two episodes in a row, I think, so I could and get, like... And the first was not on. Not at that time. Okay, so you don't have any memory of it being on after school or... It probably was. Yeah. It probably just wasn't when I happened to be watching television or at the, the time. Or syndicated channel. Or yeah, or whatever. And then, like, I was, I was an amber creature of habit. So I would, like, come home and I wanted to watch Family Matters. And if Family... If they... Maybe they changed it. If they had changed it at the time and some other show had been there, I would have been upset. Well, now I'm wondering because Family Matters takes place where again? I think it takes place in... Does it take place in San Francisco? Well, now I'm wondering... I can't remember if... I don't know where it takes place. There was, like, the crossover with Die Hard. I know, I know. It's way... The the sort of... Confusing. The the ontology of that universe is very confusing. from the western United States, and the Freshmen's of Bel-Air takes place... Well, we should be clear, just for the audience, right? Like, so, until I was, like, in eight years old, I lived on the East Coast. Then I moved to Arizona. Yes. There's a big difference between living in Arizona and Los Angeles. They're totally, you don't think of, you're not in the same place Fair as that enough. place. Fair enough. Um, so there's no... I'm just saying if there, was, if there was any reason for it not to be on TV out there, it might yeah. have been that it was like a show about New York. Although presumably you saw Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, I just didn't see it. Um, could just be the could just be like a scheduling thing. Yeah, it just wasn't wasn't in syndication on the channels that you were watching in your uh, you know area yeah. in that market. We don't need to go into it. It well, just didn't happen. I'm just curious about it because it does seem all along <laughs> since we had this idea has been sort of fascinating to me that you had not just encountered it. I never encountered it in all of my... Ch- now, okay, well, let me back up. 
there's no way I didn't encounter it of in course. channel surfing. You know what I mean, though. Yeah. But I think that I was at the point where I was just like, well, I didn't, I just wasn't attached to it in some way. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't do it. It may have had, like, you know, I did not really get, this is going to sound ridiculous when I say it now. But, like, of course we all know that Will Smith is ostensibly a rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, for me, socially, as a kid, I didn't get into rap until much later. Right. Uh, you know, probably not until college. And then um, and then it was, like, you know, it was shit like Def Jux. It wasn't, right. like, wasn't... Whatever. It wasn't mainstream rap. Sure. Which um, was all, the only rap there was when The Fresh Prince um, came out as a rapper. Or that you could was, be aware of. Was, and, was a mainstream of, of its own mainstream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and then the, the people who did listen to rap were all the jocks who made my life hell. Huh. And I, there may have been a little bit of a sort of, like, avoidance going on there. Yeah. Even though when you think of Will Smith, he's the least... You know, whatever. He, sure. Um, he's, yeah. He. You could. He's. He's. He's a safe option. Yeah. He's not a. He's not a. Yeah. But even that is like to me just like doesn't really quite make sense. Um. I didn't see it. I didn't watch it. Yeah. And. So let's talk about what you feel like you've missed, and also, has it come up in any particular instance that you've known, or in like kind of just the cultural milieu? It's definitely the cultural milieu and in, I think, probably random conversations because like, you know, since the rise of memes, right, the Fresh Prince has been highly memeable. Sure, well, the Carlton. The Carlton, yeah. yeah. And all of that. You and know, then just you as... You really get that. I mean, you get it, right? Like, he does a funny dance. It's not difficult to understand the concept. Sure. That's, but That's why memes are so great. But it's when you look at it, to me, it's just hollow. Because it has none of the kind of nostalgic attachment. You don't know Carlton. I don't know Carlton. I don't know why he's dancing. He's a right. butler? Is why that... Is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah. The show you're thinking of is Benson. Oh! Uh, where he's the mayor's butler, I believe. Right, yeah. Um, uh, anyway. Um, or the butler is... Whatever. The, he's the mayor, and the, he has him anyway. Yeah. I uh, don't remember Benson that well. It was before my time. I definitely have seen a lot of Benson, episode. but I, I saw a lot of Benson have too, a hard time remembering remember any of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a cultural touchstone, and... You know, the Carlton dance is a great example because it is informed by knowing that character and his relationship to the Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that is sort of like what makes it even funnier. Yeah. That he's just doing a funny dance and he's kind of like a goofily dressed guy. Yeah. Who's clearly like a dweeb. Gotcha. Um, you're going to learn. I can't that. wait. This journey uh, is so exciting. Now, I mean, practically, just for our audience to know, I mean, we'll talk about this next time when we actually like, you have like a episode count that you can point to uh-huh. we're not going to make you watch all, all 148 episodes although I... it's an interesting idea um, but we're going to make you watch a selection we're going to do some research and see maybe what the best episodes are. we'll look at some lists I'm no guide for this because again like I was just watching watch well this is the thing is that the internet is almost certainly has got lists of best episodes or most essential episodes, yeah, right? Yeah, and it'll be like the one where Will does this, right. the one where Carlton does that. But the thing for me, right, is that, you know, like I've said, I, there's no, there was no time when I was like, pretended like I knew about a specific thing that ever happened on the show. Yeah. It was just a kind of like, a sort of like, gen, whenever it came up, 
I kind of like nodded along, yeah. like I knew what was going on. And you felt it as a gap because everybody else was like, "Of course, I spent endless hours watching The Fresh Prince and like having that be part of my existence." But the nature of that gap is essentially nostalgic, right? Right. Um, like, well, yes and no. I mean, yes, it's nostalgic, of course, but also it's the fact that Will Smith became this giant megastar, and all of that for many it is nostalgia. In a different sense that, like, his stardom is informed by you having spent all this time with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so there's that. But you feel like you felt a gap that you will no longer have to feel. Well, but that's the thing is that... this beginning. I think that I will because... I mean, like, look, I can go back and I, I could watch every single episode. I'm not going to, but I could. And even if I did, even if I, like... Even if I attained, like, full mastery sure. of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and knew its ins and outs and its entire universe and had sort of fan theories and things like that, right? I still wouldn't be plugged back into the thing that made me need to go back and watch it in the first place, which is some originary youthful experience of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air that I had when I was a kid, which I can never yeah, have. Yeah, you'll never have that. You'll never have that nostalgic association. Yeah. It's just going to be homework. Well, we can talk about it. Yeah. And we will. Maybe I'll love it, though. I mean, I think it's going to probably be pretty fun. Yeah. I can't imagine it yeah, being... I mean, it's going to be dated, but a lot of the jokes are going to be pretty awesome. Okay. Because I think it was like a really good sitcom. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm not... This isn't like a, a Moby Dick level lie. This is not like a Gabe Boylan level deception. Listen, we have to give you an episode. This is what it was. Uh, oh, don't sound so put upon. <laughs> You're in my fucking basement. Oh, yes. Uh, so, looking forward to discussing the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah. With you next time. I'm gonna get into it. I'm gonna watch these episodes. It's gonna be amazing. You're gonna know so much about this show, and you're gonna want to talk to people about it. And that's gonna be the amazing part. Is you're gonna go to like your next party that you attend and be like, "So, guys, like, I watched all the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Let's talk about it." Yeah. And we'll be like, "I don't really need to talk about." Yeah. It. Have you seen what Trump did? Right. Hmm. Well, again. Yeah. Yeah. We, we went there. All right. We went there, folks. Good note to end on. <laughs> when we come back, more Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Bye, guys. Bye. Now, this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. Hey, Mark. Hey, Gabe. Welcome back. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. You've done a bit of TV watching, as I understand it. I have. I have done a bit of TV. I didn't do as much TV watching as I thought I would. So what, you watched like five of the six seasons? I, or? <laughs> I watched 10 of the 148 episodes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you ranged over the course of all the seasons, though, yes? Yeah, I, I, I grazed. Um, I did have ambitions to watch more, but I just couldn't do it. All right. Well, what was your overall impression? That the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is not for me now. It may not be for many people now. Although it was for many people back then. Yeah. Why not? Well, I don't know. I mean, I was thinking about it and I was, you know, I watched the the pilot and I was like, whoa, okay. I, I don't know if I can deal with this. But then I was like, all right, it's a pilot. Like, a lot of pilots are terrible. And then the show gets better later. And the show did get better later. Yeah. Um, but throughout the show, there's things like Will Smith 
mugging at the camera and it's like 30% of the show yeah like. and you know, I just I couldn't deal with it's just like it's too late for me yeah you know what I mean yeah. it's not too late for me it's just too late you know I think I was it taught me something about um well you know they say or Tom Wolf said, Thomas Wolf said, mm. you can't go home again. Famously. You also <laughs> can't just like show up at someone's house and claim to be, claim that it's yours. It's true. I mean, this makes me think of, I don't know when this was, maybe a year ago, someone posted somewhere, uh, probably on Twitter, and it was like a gif of the final scene of the series. Yeah. Well, that, well, try, which I just watched today. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. So it was Will Smith, and it's like, it's like one of those things where like they're like turning off the lights or whatever. Yeah, and it's an, like, empty it's an empty living room. The house is empty, yeah. and he's just looking around, and he's sad. Yeah. And I uh, welled up with feeling. I also got, well, I got a little emotional there. I, well, I'll talk about my emotions it's later. A, it's a well-produced uh, segment. Um, what, what I will say, what I was going to say though, is like I, this well of emotion was based not on like, oh, I should go back and watch that show. It was more like just, you know, ah, uh, youth or whatever. And like, I'd spent a good number of hours in that very living room, mm-hmm. in my very living room. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can understand the show is like, seems a little bit out of time right now or like just dated, I guess is the word that we would use. Yeah. Um, and not in a bad way, just in kind of like a trivial way. Like it's not, it's not dealing with issues that we deal with. If it is, it's not dealing with them in the right way. I'm sure. Um, I don't know, but what I am interested in is something that you, you brought up, uh, as we were talking, uh, just, just previous to this was, uh, I want to talk about the episode where like Uncle Phil turns out to be like a cool, cool guy. There's a few episodes like that. Well, but the reason I want to bring it up is because you had spoken previously about the Cosby show being big in your house because it's a story about black uplift. It's a, and it's a story that for whatever reason, your family, because they were Philadelphians, but also because I think of the narrative of Bill Cosby at that time, um, felt kind of like a, a feel good story that you know, particularly that we as white people could somehow be uh, a participant in. Yeah. Now, what I'm interested in is like how the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air did or did not do that for you in these occasions. It's so hard now. I mean, it's so hard now because I had almost no knowledge of the show to like watch it. And all you see are like, quote unquote, missed opportunities, even though there are like so many very special episodes mm. of the Fresh Prince. Yeah. You know, I just watched the one where um, he gets shot. Sure. Which isn't, it's, and that, it's such an incoherent episode because, you know, he gets, he and Carlton get held up in an ATM mm-hmm. and then Will Smith knows what to do and is just like, just give him the money. And he's just like, here, here, here's our money. Here's all the money we have. And Carlton goes, wait, I, I have more in my pocket. And then he reaches into his pocket and Will Smith goes, no, don't do that. And and then you hear a gunshot, and then you see Will Smith try to like get in front of the try to get in uh-huh. front of the bullet, which he does. And of course, in the hospital, everyone's worried. And Will Smith is 
seems like injured pretty badly. They're just like, it just missed his spine. Jeez. And it's like, even so, that means it went through his, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, but of course he's putting on a brave face like he does, like you would expect, and taking it all in good humor and Mm -hmm. making everyone laugh to let them know that he's okay. Right. But Carlton is super angsty. Sure. And it's not clear why. He's like, this guy's just going to get away with it. Oh, he's angsty about the crime, not yeah. about Will having taken a bullet for him. No, and in fact, it's some, it, and it's a completely inappropriate response. Huh. When and to the point where at the end of the episode, Will Smith has to scream, "I took a bullet for you," to remind him of what actually happened, rather than like Carlton yeah. sort of like, you know, uh, whatever Law and Order sort of, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Law and, and Order in the Nixon sense, not in the TV y- sense. Yeah, exactly. And as a young Reaganite, like Carlton is someone who like i guess like that's the indignity that he feels he's like no one's gonna pay for this crime well right there's a weird mapping onto this show i don't want to do it short shrift i think it does plenty of interesting things but there's a weird mapping on of like sitcom tropes like he's the alex alex p keaton of this family this rich rich family um but that doesn't really like make any sense or like give you a lot of plot lines to encounter that are particularly meaningful and particularly like now when we have a show like blackish or something that's like doing storylines that are like extremely well that's interesting would... in a comedy vernacular and then you watch this and it's like you know well that's what i was gonna say it's like it feels like quote-unquote missed opportunities right. because now we have shows we have so many shows that are really interested in getting at the sort of ambiguities of race and right. justice and, and, and all of this stuff um, that watching this is just kind of weird. Yeah. Um, because it's fitting what to us or maybe, or, you know, to a lot of people, I think are really, you know, issues that are at the forefront of our minds in a lot of ways and at the forefront of sort of public discourse in a lot of ways but it has to deal with them in the context of a sitcom and the ways in which the sitcom just kind of breaks down around them is interesting, right? I, in that way, it, it is in a weird way a forward-thinking show yeah. insofar as it's trying to... Well, it's carrying on the sort of Norman Lear tradition at, in certain moments of, like, you know, quality TV, TV that deals with issues, right? Yeah. And this is the sort of, like, you know, this is the thing that Norman Lear started. And in fact, like, and at the end... Of um, in the last episode, like the Jefferson show up, yeah, uh, to maybe buy the house as does Webster. Yeah, um, hilarious. I mean, what it, what it made me think of because I was looking at the lineup and it was part of must see TV in some way that is like I could not find in my very anecdotal research. But on Thursday nights on NBC were these shows like First Cheers and then Frasier, Seinfeld, Friends, like. Shows about white people that didn't really need to deal with anything mm-hmm. in society in a very particular or serious way. And so The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, to the extent that it does, is doing a lot more work than those shows feel like they need to do. Yeah. And yet, watching it now, it feels uh, it feels like it's kind of... I mean, on the one hand, it's like, well, why can't there just be a show about a black family going through the same nonsense that happens on an episode of cheers or an episode of I mean, great show, but like episode of cheers or an episode of friends where like the stakes are low yeah. because the position in society is assured. Well, most of the episodes are that, I mean, right. most of the episodes are just normal. Like will wants to borrow the car, but 
you know, Uncle Phil doesn't want him to. <laughs> Or whatever. What's going to happen? What's yeah. going to... Yeah, exactly. Although and, I was reading... I mean, I read the synopsis earlier. Where there's an episode... Because I was wondering about the episodes with Jeff. And where Jeff shows up and says he's going to get married. He's marrying a woman recently released from prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that woman makes a pass at will. That's all the description tells you. You have to watch it to find out what happens. I did not watch that one. But I, I thought about that as like... How do they play the prison angle? How do they play the like like racing class angle? Probably not at all, really. No. Which isn't a failure of the show. It's just like, it's just what the show is doing at the time. I mean, racing class is a joke in certain ways, yeah. right? The only way in which it's not a joke is via Uncle Phil, who has this backstory that we get, you know, that kind of gets fleshed out a bit throughout the course of the series, where he was a young, socially conscious lawyer who, um, who took the big job and became yeah. a corporate lawyer. And experienced that sort of disconnect from his... Like, Uncle Phil is clearly the most interesting character on the show as this guy who's gone through this arc and actually seems pretty troubled about where his success has taken him. And it comes through in some interesting episodes, like the one where they go and try to clean up the old apartment building where they used to live. Oh. Um... And they run into the people who live there now. And Uncle Phil runs into like his old neighbor. Yeah. And there's this sort of, it's kind, there's this kind of like very real seeming moment of awkwardness where the guy's like, oh, well, looks like you really like came up in the world. Like, good for you. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, I, I did. And then he kind of is like, did I sell out? Right. And he's like, I'm a bad person. I fucking sold out. Well, I mean, if you think about it this way, like, you know, the, the interesting thing, of course, is that the theme song tells you that he's just been shipped to L.A. to live with his family because, like, got too dicey at the playground or whatever. Yeah. Um, but really, like, Uncle Phil is, like, a father to two men, you know, Carlton and Will. Mm-hmm. And they represent sort of two sides of him in some ways. Like, Will tends to be more conscious and certainly is more, like, from the streets or, like, from, like, a real background, whereas, like, Carlton is, like, this rich kid who's also, like, a young Republican. Well, they, I mean, in that sense, but they don't really reflect the way in which Uncle Phil, in the same way that he's a very serious Reagan supporter now, yeah. was also clearly a very serious Malcolm X supporter at the time, right? Yeah. Like, which he says in, like, the first episode or something. Yeah. Um, like, I, like today, if, if this show was going to get made, this show would be about Uncle Phil. Right. <laughs> like, right. it's a way more interesting show. Right. Um, and Uncle Phil would be like, and, and in that sense, like, that's what makes him not an asshole on the show. Where, you know, whatever you think about his political position at the moment and his sort of place in the socioeconomic order, like, he's clearly conflicted about it. Yeah. And it's the lesson that his son refuses to learn. And it's the lesson that Will Smith can't quite understand. Yeah. Because he, I guess, you know, had to deal with, you know, real problems in West Philadelphia. But didn't really quite, was not quite as serious enough to understand where those problems came from. Right. uh, In the way that Phil was. Yeah. No, I'd watch a show about Uncle Phil. That should be the reboot. Yeah. Just just Uncle Phil. No, no, the no, early years. None of the stuff about the kids. Yeah, the prequel. Yeah. It's a pretty good idea. I mean, the other thing is, like, that I wanted to ask you about, 
um, is like, you know, the whole premise is that Will's a fish out of water, right? Mm-hmm. And that he's plunged into this very alien landscape, yet with familiar looking faces. Um, couldn't be more different from him. Do you feel like that held up over the course of like watching it? Because that's the interesting thing, like thinking back on it is like, how long could they like exactly hold that together before he becomes just like another Bel Air? And there's also a way in which it, the math doesn't add up because in that same episode where um, you know they are seeing their old burned out apartment, there's a flashback and it's like Will was visiting the family when he was a little kid. So it's like I think it's like 15 years ago or something, uh-huh. and it shows Hillary, who is now the sort of stereotypical right. you know Valley girl, um, you know rich kid. Um, who clearly grew up in those circumstances as well. And Valerie completely changes and adapts to the family's newfound affluence. Well, or denies her past. Well, maybe. I mean, she's too oblivious. It's like, you know, she's an oblivious character, so you never really know. Right. Um, But much more interesting if she had a little bit of depth. Yeah. But Will doesn't really like make that adaptation. It's like at a certain point over the course of six years, like you would get it sort of, but on the other hand, you know, class differences are real. Um, and people who, who sort of, uh, experience extreme upward mobility, people who are born poor and then end up becoming rich or, or well off or get high paying jobs or, or excel, end up, you know, often feel awkward around the sort of old money, you know, upper class right. to the manner born type people that they end up socializing with. So, I mean, and you see that in Phil, though, because he's constantly worried about doing the right thing or whether he's dressed the right way or whether he's going to present the right way. Well, yeah. And he also it's his house, right? Like, that's a big part of the show. So he has to keep making rules, mm-hmm. particularly about Will, mm-hmm. like what Will can and can't do. Um, again, reading about Jeff, he keeps getting thrown out of the house. That's a that's a yeah, that's trope. a running joke. Yeah, it's a running joke because he's like, that's like Phil's made a call about like whether Jeff is welcome and he's not. Yeah, he's not the type of person that he wants in his house, even though he's Will's best friend. Yeah, uh, slash DJ. Mm-hmm. That's in real life. A DJ is an MC's best friend. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. That's what Thomas Wolfe said. Yeah, that's yeah. also that's, that's from Look Homeward Angel. So why, uh, yeah, maybe there's not a clear reason like why you've avoided this show. Although it, it sounds like maybe you avoided it for too long uh, for it to actually have much of an impact. Yeah, there's no way. I was just like, why? It, it but, was doesn't not... this, but doesn't this seem like the kind of thing that you could have spent hours and hours wasting watching sure. throughout your early 20s or whatever? Yeah, but like now if I was turning turn on an episode of Family Matters, I'm sure I'd have a good time watching it. But, 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 but that's just because you watched it. Exactly, pure nostalgia. I think I wouldn't for this for this for the you know the in the obverse whatever reason, uh, because I didn't watch Family Matters. It would I'd be like, oh, this dumb show. Yeah, like, I don't need to watch this. I'm going to watch the so. far more intelligent and refined. No, it's basically the same. Um, I mean, they're like they're hit comedies on big networks with a lot of funding. Speaking of, you discovered some things about some of the production and casting people I, was which I just, thought was I thought was interesting <laughs> this isn't like deep knowledge but it's like well I was horrified that one of the first names that flashes on the screen is Andy Borowitz the Borowitz report Andy Borowitz of the comedy atrocity the Borowitz report that I like I don't know how that thing 
keeps running and God knows how much he's getting paid to do it. But he and his tons, wife. Tons. Tons. It's like. Oh. It's, it's like do the onion, but worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, you don't need to hire a staff of comedy writers. You got all the gold you need right here with the with the Borowitz. Uh, he was an executive producer? No, he created the show. Created the show. He and his wife, Susan Borowitz, created the show. Or his sister, but I'm pretty sure it's his wife. Well, we know nothing about her, so let's not drag her under the bus. Uh, she made her choice. This, this fellow. <laughs> uh, and then the, ca- the casting director I thought was interesting, too. Oh, yeah, Allison Jones. I was really surprised to see that Allison Jones... I had no idea that Allison Jones had been around for that long. Although I realized the only thing I really know about Allison Jones is like the shows that she casts and the way that um, comic actors and comedians talk about her. And they're all after this. This is like maybe her first casting. Or I don't one know. Of her, one, among her first. She wasn't, have, maybe she's 90 years old. I don't know. Well, I don't think so. But, <laughs> but she's famous for stuff since then. Yeah. The Office and Parks and Rec and a bunch of basically any big comedy movie you see. TV show. No, and also oh, and film. Movies? Yeah, okay. uh, Allison Jones is involved in the so casting. So like Paul Blart or a thing. I don't know if that specifically, mm. but I'm pretty sure like Melissa McCarthy movies and things like that. Okay. You know, if like if there's the Paul if you, Blart thing was a joke. I'm, it didn't land that well, but it's anyway Melissa McCarthy movies. Yeah, but I mean like it's a movies big co- by people who are like on Paul, those shows in some cases. Paul Blart, I'm sure, is a bad movie, but if you are a mid level comic actor, you would probably give your fucking picking finger to be cast in it. I'm sure I would love it. Um, we can't have an episode about King of Queens because I watched the fuck out of that show. Really? Yeah. The only thing I know about Camp Queens is that one episode where Patton Oswalt in one scene stands perfectly still and doesn't move and stares off into the middle distance. Yeah. And apparently no one noticed and they just kept it in the show. He's a recurring character. Yeah, I know. But there's this one scene where he was just like, yeah. I was bored and I did this. I believe that. That sounds like something <laughs> that they would play for laughs and you'd be like, that's part of the show. And they'd be like, no, it wasn't. Yeah. Because the- everything feels like it could be not part of the show. Like they just showed up and did something and it's like, like he's a piece of the wallpaper they just put a laugh track on top of it and no no it's not a joke oh it's, it's not part of the is comedy it, is it sad or? no he's just like not part of the scene but he's in the room for some reason <laughs> <laughs> i really want to see this now um uh you can look at it on youtube it's really funny um, yeah, while I was busy not not uh, experiencing some of the greatest works of like fiction, music, uh, and film and TV, uh, I was busy doing things in certainly in my throughout my twenties, like watching all of Home Improvement. Oh, I saw uh, that shit and, for sure. Like, no, but like after it was on, like oh. in reruns oh. for like years of my and also uh, King of Queens. So but that can be maybe a different episode. It's the opposite of faking it, where it's like hiding it or or, or denying it. But that it stuff or, is just so universal. There's no, you don't need to hide it. Like, it oh, was but those just, shows are so retrograde. I don't know what part of me gets it was, enjoyment out of it them. Was on, Especially home improvement. It was on really. TV. Our senses of humor were, for better or worse, shaped in part by them. True. Because someone sits you down and goes like, this is what comedy is. And then you just laugh at it until you find something better. So, uh, getting back to the subject at hand, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, um, you didn't really answer like whether you felt like this was something that you really missed out on. Like, I don't know. Like, no, I mean, do you care? Like, it sounds like you watched it and you're like, doesn't matter. Yeah, no. I mean, this conversation that we're having right now is the most 
interesting engagement I've had with the show. So unlike my prediction, you're not going to be going to every cocktail party. I mean, like, I just watched all this Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I haven't told... Wait till you hear about it. I haven't told anybody that I've been doing this. Yeah, it's interesting. And that's completely different from all of the other things we've done so far. It makes me feel less secure in my, like, wealth of, like, experience with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You know, like, the whole point of the show is about, like, faking it in, like, a social situation Mm -hmm. where, like, I wouldn't have to fake it, but now I feel like that's, like... I have this like worthless thing that I don't have to fake. Mm-hmm. Maybe I wasted that time. Yeah. Probably. Well, I don't know. I mean, the thing that I, the thing that I kept thinking was just like, so I missed out on the show, but I also didn't miss out on shows like we've been talking about whose sensibility was the same. Yeah. And those shows I feel very warm and fuzzy about. And even though I could acknowledge their shortcomings and that I would never watch a show that was like a new show that was like that now, even though they don't. Although I guess like Big Bang Theory is probably like that. I don't know. Is it? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's just like comedy about stuff. Yeah, those are, there are still three camera sitcoms. Yeah. I think they still have a laugh track on they that show. Do they? They still I do that? I think that might be the... They must. No, oh, yeah. I don't... I can't know this. I haven't. I, haven't I, I have a hard time imagining a three camera comedy without a laugh track or a live studio audience. I thought that the last one, but this might be like the last good one, was How I Met Your Mother. But um, also watched all of that. But um, what I was going to say about the Fresh Prince of Bel Air was like um, that. Well, wait, well, hold on, hold on. Lost my train. So what I'm saying so. is that like so. What is the difference between a show that shares its sensibility that I have no problem watching and going like, oh, yeah, like I know it's bad, but whatever, I get a little yeah. thrill of nostalgia. And this thing that is basically a, a, in in all of its moves and all of the kind of character tropes it presents, etc., like the same, but I get no, all I experience is the object itself. Mm. And I'm like, it's really hard to force myself to sit here and watch it. Right. It's not like you hadn't seen Seinfeld and then you watched it and you were like, oh, there's this whole like vein of culture that I now get. Right. right? Except that that is true of some shows. But not. Well, no, that is true. Of the, that is true of Seinfeld. But it's not true of this. No, I'm saying it is oh, yeah, true yeah. of Seinfeld, but not yeah. this, not no, no, Fresh no. Prince of Bel-Air. No, except in the ways that it doesn't maybe quite intend or in the ways that are kind of extraneous to what the show is. Right. So when you go, when you watch, or at least for me, when I watched The Simpsons and Seinfeld when I was a kid. And I laughed at one thing, you know, you go back and you watch it again and you're laughing at it, but you're laughing at it for completely different reasons because there's a whole, there's two or three other layers of jokes that you didn't understand at the time and that are more sophisticated um, and more referencing and elusive. Yeah. Like there's a character based on fucking Jacques Lacan in Seinfeld. So, right. you know, you don't get that on the first pass. Sure. Well, that also speaks to us in a way that it might not speak to other people. Right. But it was put there yeah. as a little nugget for people. Yeah. I mean, I think that the other thing to acknowledge is like partly that um, by virtue of like being myself, by being like white and suburban, this show like may not have connected with me in ways that it might have with other audiences who were not white. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, who's to say? I mean, that, that's the, that's the other reason why, like thinking back on it, it may not have the impact that it might have had had it been born black or whatever. The one thing I wanted to say though was like, did it change your feeling about Will Smith? 
Nothing can change my feelings about Will Smith. No, seriously. No, no, like, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. Because it was exactly what I expected. You didn't think that... You, it didn't change your opinion or your sort of feelings about him knowing that he was on TV doing this for six years. No. I and mean, this me had like a huge made effect me, on... It made me think about... It made me go, okay, well, now I have an actual concrete sense of what he was doing before. Yeah. And I was like, wow, has anyone done that before? And I was like, yeah, Tom Hanks did that. Right. And he was in the process of doing that as Will Smith was doing it, right? Tom Hanks, Will Smith. I mean, is there anyone else who I'm missing who's made... Made the leap? Made, made the leap not only from television to TV, but from... Comedy to drama. Well, from TV star to, to not just the movies, but massive, massive, massive definition of the mo- of a movie star. I guess Clooney, but that doesn't really count. No. No, I think Clooney counts. I don't think... He wasn't really like much of a TV star. He was kind of an also-ran, and then he well, became a massive, he was massive a, movie star. He was a soap opera star. Oh, no, yeah, that's true. He wasn't a TV star. No, he was a star. He was totally a TV star. It was a huge deal when he left ER. Okay, okay. Alec Baldwin was also a soap star. In fact, the last... the became the, the very a serious end, movie star, and then went back and became a comedy yeah. sensation. <laughs> right, if you want to... Call him that. I would um, say he's that. Well, on Thirty Rock, yeah. but now he's just a fucking blow. Now he's just Trump on SNL. Yeah, exactly, and also basically. Well, his podcast, which I think is kind of fun. I can't listen to that jackass. Lots of people hate it, and it's fine. I don't um, you and Christine, you listen to to people that I just cannot. It, it comes and goes. It. it comes and goes. We'll, we'll we'll get there when we have a. But no, I, yeah, us. I. Uh, it was a big deal because I remember the last episode of ER. Clooney came back, and that was like a huge yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Huge movie star. Yeah. Uh, it was crazy to look at the must-see TV lineup and see this, like, powerhouse. We all know this, of course. Like, But it was like, you know, it's like Cheers and then Wings and Frasier, Friends, Seinfeld. Anyway, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was, like, in the mix. Yeah. I can't actually find it, like like delineated like when it, but they took advantage of the Thursday night and moved it to Thursday and I think moved it back at some points. Yeah. Um, but that's also interesting that they would sort of like throw this in Cosby show, of course. Yeah. Uh, and a different world after that mm-hmm. uh, or during and after that. Um, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it's an interesting thing. I, I'm, um, I'm not surprised that you were a little bit underwhelmed by the show. It doesn't have that much to tell us about the world, but it does. I mean, that's the thing is that actually like for me anyway, I can't ever think about Will Smith without thinking about the Fresh Prince. Yeah. Um, like all of the moments of Will Smith are like active at every moment. Yeah. Um, partly because I was into all those moments. Mm -hmm. Like I was into parents just don't understand. I was into the Fresh Prince of Mm Bel-Air. I was into summertime. I was into, uh, you know, uh, six degrees of separation. Mm -hmm. I was into, I am legend. Like I did like that movie. I like, I'll except for the end. It's great. Yeah. Um, but all those all those moments are like what Will Smith is. Oh, and uh, Independence Day. Independence Day, and I liked him in Ali. I mean, like look, Ali is he's actually he's he's excellent in Ali. I like Will Smith as an actor. And that's a think, good movie. Like I like. I rewatched like, that recently. I will. I haven't gone so far as to see like Hitch or whatever that superhero movie was. I never saw Hitch. Speaking of Kevin James, yeah, but um, but you know, I. I will see a movie that I would not. There's definitely like Will Smith would bump something over a line to definitely not going to watch that too. I'll watch it on an airplane. Well, I think my, po- my my point is that he is all of those 
all those instances of Will Smith, which is actually like a lot more than most movie stars are. Even yeah. the ones where, even like Clooney, like being like, he was on some soap operas that I never watched. And then he was on ER, which I definitely watched. And he's a movie star. But like, I'm not sure I think about all those instances every time I see him. I still don't, I never no. think about ER when I see him. Well, that may be some... some sort of trick of Hollywood. But with Will Smith, there's actually something that like, I feel very, is almost more, um, I don't know, more invigorating about the the viewing of him to know that he he was all these different people. There's something that's much, I mean, also Scientologist, which we didn't get. Really? Into. Yeah. Will Smith is a Scientologist. Yeah, you didn't know that. I think that's wrong. You think that, that I made that up? Um, I'm pretty sure. Looking it up now. We haven't done this before. No, but I need to know. Though he is not a Scientologist. Thank you. He has spoken favorably about... Hang on. He's, he, uh, he's spoken favorably about it, saying, I just think a lot of the ideas in Scientology are brilliant and revolutionary and non-religious. Well... Okay, fine, whatever. He's not a Scientologist. There's a difference between being like... So I'm... I've been he's spreading not, lies he does about not Bill Smith. I have apologize a medal from on Sea Org. air about that. All those Scientologists are crazy, but Will Smith is fine. There's no way that Jada Pinkett Smith would be cool with that shit. No. She's so cool. She's awesome. Yeah. She's the best. Dude, have you heard her band? No. I don't know if they're still together, but she was in a metal band, and she really went for it. Those tracks. She's an amazing woman are amazing like it's i mean not i would never like listen to it but just being like it's not she's really into it she's way cooler than he is she's super cool she's yeah. the best yeah and then <laughs> their children are are also the best well their children who they uh, clearly got from some alien planet <laughs> and brought back to speaking of scientology brought back to earth their children are also um remarkable <laughs> just amazing yeah i I realized the other day I was singing. What's that? Where's that Jaden Smith single? The most recent one? I can't tell you. I'm I, sorry. I can't remember what it was, but I remember I was walking through. I was like walking to the grocery store, like humming to myself, and I was like, "What is that?" And I was like, "That's a Jaden Smith song." I'm humming a Jaden Smith song to myself. That's cool. I was like, "It's real." Yeah, it's a real synchronicity with with this week's subject. It was a long time also. ago, or it was like a not a long time ago. It's also pretty crazy but, though that like they do have this family is amazing, mm -hmm. right? Like. They're just that might be the other thing about Will Smith is that like just thinking about the show, it might be that I've actually imported more, you know, imported more import importance to the show just based on like his career since and his remarkable family. Um, it, it's kind of it's kind of unbelievable. They're definitely like, the celebrity family. That... He was just this like joke rapper, right? Like, and then like all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, <laughs> and then <laughs> 30 years later, yeah. uh, a huge empire was built around them. I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I think there's also something about whatever it takes to be able to handle that level of fame without melting down. Like, he can clearly do that. And that's something to... I, I like how he's chosen... I don't know, there's something about the Smith family, at least in their public persona, where I'm like, I'd like to believe that if I was that rich and famous, that I would let my kids be that insane. Oh, totally. I'd want them... As long as they're being insane in a really positive way, that's the best you can hope for. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, maybe I'll end with this thing, which is sort of a reiteration, but a slightly different uh, iteration of a question I asked before, which is like something I think about or I thought about in like preparing for this episode and like thinking about Fresh Prince is like, sure, the show is like just kind of like fairly generic comedy sitcom from the 90s. It's funny. It's fun. It's like heartwarming. But I think Will Smith is like a bit bigger than all of that. And I definitely like feel like I felt that at the time, like the show might not have been incredibly excellent, but it was solid and he was better than he had to be. Well, I guess that's the thing that I, is that something that you experienced no, in so, any way? Well, it's, it's, it's impossible. Right. And I guess that's the, the thing I'll never be able to know is like, did people watch that show and they went and go like, wow, that's a star. Like that guy is a star. Like in the same way that like when I watched Friday Night Lights, the TV show, mm-hmm. When Michael B. Jordan is on it, you're like, that's a star. Right. That guy is like, that guy is bound for for glory. He's too good. Yeah. And he just pops when he's on the screen and he's clearly like operating in a show with a, a great, great cast is still operating on a different level. Well, it might also be the passage of time. Like it's mm-hmm. hard to see someone in a sitcom like that mm-hmm. and feel now that like they're popping in that same way. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in my memory or in my sort of sense of it, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I thought this would be, you know, an interesting yeah, experiment thing, for you. So my yeah. experience is that you can't, you, I mean, you can't recover that, right? There's yeah. like, there's something about the passage of time and then growing older and then the way in, the way in which just sort of like what we expect out of our, out of our entertainment or I guess our art or whatever to, yeah. you know, those things have changed. You, aesthetics you can't go back to that aesthetic. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not possible. Um, and there's something about the combination of youth and, you know, being the right age or being in the right mindset to watch those shows that just like, you can't recover that. And I don't particularly want to, Yeah, I don't particularly feel like I've lost out, um, on something. Uh, it's, it's just an interesting thing to think about and not ever anything I can be like, Wow, I really have the desire to see that, or I will if if I'm ever channel surfing, like I'm at a yeah. hotel or my parents' house or something, I will not stop if that yeah. show is on TV. I mean, it's an interesting sort of conundrum, right? Because we're living in the golden age of television, as people will tell us. Uh, although there's forever. although be, be, so, this is wrong in a in a really interesting way, right? Because yes, there are better television shows on now, sure, than there have been in the past. Yeah. But because we're in the quote unquote golden age of television and streaming, yeah. there are more awful shows on well, now just, than there have ever been. There's more shows than the, than have ever been. Yeah. Absolutely. Way more shows. The, so the, that means that the ratio of really good shows to really bad shows is worse now than it has been in the past. And if you're looking at it from that perspective, then we're in the doldrums. Like things have never been worse than they are now. Right, absolutely. No, I mean, I think that what's interesting is like going back is a very interesting experience just given that, I would say actually our age of television has crafted a kind of television that depending on the genre, just sort of like feels very like worked over and and polished. Mm -hmm. And not to say that like Cheers, which is like a perfect TV show, isn't that. But there aren't a lot. It's not every show that does that. And it's not even every episode of Cheers that does that. And going back and watching those shows is an interesting and sort of odd experience. Just not because the bar is lower, just because the bar is like a different shape and size and like a different, you know, 
dimension. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's been my experience going back and watching that stuff. It's like you either have to sort of like put on a different helmet that's like you're just not seeing it as like TV in the way we think of today or you're just pure enjoyment. But it is like it, it's interesting because this isn't actually that long ago. This is 20 years ago. That's all, I mean, I mean it's like twenty. Yeah, it's a it's a while, I guess. A lot has happened. Let's say sure. that. Sure, we like to think that it's not that far away, but it it actually kind of is. We, well, I mean, I don't want to think it's that far away because I don't want to think of myself as being as old as I am. But I mean, you're not even as old as me. I know, and I don't like to think about it either. Yeah. Well, let's leave it on that. Let's just not think about it. Great. Uh, that sounds like a good plan. <laughs> um, Great talking to you, Mark. You too. Talk to you soon.